We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Praise Jesus. Um, I want to I wanna just start off this morning. Thank you, team. You guys are awesome worship leaders. Thank you. Uh, I want to start off this morning by, by saying this. We will never, ever let... Uh, um, What's the we will that's it. We will never ever let program overflow the plan of God. There was a moment in worship where as a congregation you were stepping into something and 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 it and it lifted to a level, but there was another level, there was another expression that I wanna just say you all have the we've got the freedom to go into that. We will never let program overflow the plan of God. And so if you're in your worship and as the Holy Spirit and, and that you feel, fr- hey, God's moving, we, we, we go to what He's doing. We go to what He's doing. It's not that we didn't, but I want to encourage you to continue to lift and to push into the heavenly realms, amen, especially in our worship and our prayer and our, and our believing for. And so we, we give space for that. that. That's good. And so I just want to encourage you lifting. Uh, you want to keep singing. You just keep singing. You keep worshiping because God's doing something. We might not know where He's going, but hey, if we're following, that's a good start. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to church this morning. My name's Will. I pastor here and and uh, it's, it's a real privilege to have you. I pray that you're ministered to by the Word of God this morning. I, I've, I've got some things to say, but my prayer and my heart is that the Word of God will minister to your hearts. I, I always love to encourage. I love to motivate. I love to spur. That's uh, one of my favourite scriptures in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. That's uh, me to a, uh, to, to a Tea. I love doing that stuff, but more and more as as I've learned over um, the ten years now that we've I've been in, well, me and my wife have been in full time ministry. Um, me and Desiree, we've been in full time ministry. Uh, we're learning now that hey, as much as I can love someone and as much as I can encourage someone, which we will still do, don't worry about it. It's the Word of God that changes people. Uh, I, I love getting a pat on the back. Who loves getting a pat on the back? Come on. Uh, if, if you reach forward, just pat someone on the back. You're like, I don't know that person. That's awkward. That's all right. Just pat some, I love patting people on the back. I love encouraging them. But even more, I like pointing them to the Word of God. Because uh, they, 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 if they want to get upset with the Word of God, that's their problem. The, the the word you're arguing with the word of God is some people get upset with me sometimes when I when I when I say stuff which comes from the Bible don't get upset with the messenger just cheering what the Bible's saying and uh, but even more I just pray this morning that it's the word of God that's going to breathe into your heart breathe into your spirit and 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 minister. From there, Amen. If you've if you haven't been in church for the last little while, um, really been. I'm just going to give you a quick um, rewind, a quick uh, review of what we what I've been preaching into. I really feel that this is a key for what God wants to do for us in this city. Um, 
And, and so I'll just quickly share. And, and it's really, it's, it's about renewing our mind. I've found even as a Christian, every day I still need to renew my mind. I still need to ask God to renew my mind. I need His thoughts. I need His ways. Amen. And so just real, real quickly reviewing uh, where we've been is, in, is Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. As quickly, we'll put that up. Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Who, 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 who would like to be married? Who would like to have a husband, have, have a wife? If you're single, you should have your hand up. It's a good thing. It's okay. Is there, a, is, is there any reason why you're not? Can we get anyone engaged right now? <laughs> Just no, no, no pressure, no pressure. In, in fact, my brother-in-law, uh, the person who was preaching at a conference he was at, he asked the same question. He's like, "Is there any reason why you're not engaged right now?" He's, and they're like, "No." He goes, "So he got up, got down on one knee, and he proposed." Amen. In the middle of a conference, oh, praise a great man. They're a great couple. Anyway, but here's here's the thing. Anyway, we've got, to get, we've got 27 minutes, 50 zero seconds. All right. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. It's not just a wish. Like, I wish I'm married, or I wish this, or I wish that. It's a silly example, but like a lot of times we wish for something. But this says clearly, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Real is in the word reality. It should give you a clue that things are real. <laughs> I'm not the greatest speller in the world, but I can see that real is in that word. And, and heaven is for real, amen? If you don't believe in heaven, we've got to have a chat. It's key to our theology. It's key to who, who, what we're believing as, as we're raised in Christ, we're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. And so it's, it's a reality, set our sights on the reality of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things on earth before you died to your old life. And so in, in recapping, I really want to encourage us and, and, and bring the Word of God into this. Let's think about the realities of heaven. Earth, we, uh, we live in earth, and, and just in case you were unsure, we live here on earth. And, and we're living our lives, but the earth is filled with a whole lot of other issues. Anyone got issues? Put your hand up. All your hands should be up right now. Uh, you're, you've already, anyway, right. So set our sights on the realities of heaven. Uh, heaven is for real. Heaven is for real. And so, again, set our sights on the things of heaven, the, the realities of heaven. And in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, says this Do not be conformed, or uh, verse 2, we'll just go to there. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Just one thing when I was reading this, it just popped out to me. And I was like, often we read the scripture and we think we're the ones that need to change our minds. 
Yes, we are the ones that need to change our mind, but we also think we're the ones that have to do that. So there is a matter of co-working with God here, but it's, uh, it's a prayer to God saying, God, I need you to help change my mind. I need you, Lord, to help change my mind. Because here's, here's the thing. Is anyone stubborn in this place? Put your hand up. Ah, oh, there are some honest people. Did, did anyone get elbowed right then? There's a few people, right? So we can all be very stubborn in life, but until we get to the point where we say, Lord, I need you to help change my mind, we'll only be able to go so far. We'll only get uh, as much as we can get, but it's, let, let's be, um, let's let, let God, let, don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform our mind. This morning, can we let God transform our mind? Are we open to letting God transform our mind? Could we even say before we get into the, deeper into this message this morning that maybe we do need our minds changed on some things? Uh, here's the thing is, uh, I, I know for myself, I don't know everything. Constantly learning. But I pray I'm open to constantly learning. Sometimes we shut off to constantly learning. I pray this morning that we're open to saying, God, I, want, I let you come and transform my mind. Um, keep going into 2 Corinthians, just this is a, another recap. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says this, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. There's strongholds that are going to come in our life. And a lot of the time it's strongholds in our thinking. We'll have an issue with something happens to us in our life. And maybe it's an area that we, 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 we've been hurt or disappointment. And there's a forgiveness area. And it becomes a stronghold. And we see that this is the view from God looking at that stronghold. And this is the view from the devil looking at this stronghold. And, and, and we have this amazing uh, ability that happens in our mind in this battlefield of the mind. Is when in two seconds, we're looking at it from God's point of view. going, no, I can forgive that person. And the next second, we're like, they hurt you really bad. You can't forgive that person. And you go, no, the Lord said, I need to forgive. I need to forgive. And we have this battle of, of flipping like this. Like this. Does anyone understand what I'm saying? Has it, can anyone uh, um, relate to what I'm saying? We have these thought patterns and like, no, I am saying, and we get frustrated. And there's because there's this battle of the mind, but it says to take every thought captive. When something comes in, you take it captive and you go, what is this of God? Is it standing up against the arguments of heaven? If it is, then we honour it and we go, I apply that into my life. But if it's a thought that, that comes against and stands up against heaven, no, we take it and we disregard it. We take it captive. Amen. I believe there's people this morning have got to learn how to take thoughts captive. Because what happens when you don't, it just starts coming around in circle. You start becoming con condemnation comes on your life and disappointment hurts. And you'll never get into that place of victory of knowing who you are in Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. That was the recap. We've got 21 minutes to get through 
this message. Amen. Good thing there's not an 11 o'clock service afterwards, so we can keep going. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, let's open our Bibles this morning to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 19. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. I pray you've got your Bibles with you. I pray if, uh, if you... If you have a hard copy Bible, paper Bible, that's awesome. If, you, if, if it works for you and your Bible glows like it's on a tablet and you, you can underline things and, 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 and you relate with it, then fantastic as well. I just pray you've got a Bible. Amen. Uh, verses 19, it says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for your soul. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Just giving you a little bit of context where the Scripture comes from, it's... It, it comes from a, an agreement that God made with Abraham. And, and they made an oath together and, and, and it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's binding and, 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 and they have hope in it. It's a, and, and, and then it leads into the Scripture where it talks about this hope is this tr- strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul. What it's meaning is God's Word is a yes and an Amen. When, when God says something, it is established in heaven. And, and it's established, I pray, we, we, we bring it to earth. We establish it on earth. God is not a liar. God, God is trustworthy. And, and we, I pray that we've all got hope in our life. We all hope in something. You know, we're not just hoping in, in our bank account. We're not putting our trust in our bank account. We're not just hoping in the people that we know or the friends that we know. We're not just hoping in our job or our status in our, in our workplace. I pray that your hope is anchored in Jesus Christ. You know, um, I've, I, I don't have a large boating experience. I, I, my, my dad's very much into boating. And um, when, when we go out on the boat, there's one thing that I, I've learned from him is that it was always my job to, to go up to the bow and, and lower the anchor down. But we would change anchor depending on the type of um, seabed that was there. Uh, and, and most of the time, because he was up in the Marlborough Sounds, it would be this uh, sort of V-shaped anchor I don't have any pictures, sorry, but it's like a heart that's upside down. And uh, as it sticks into the sand, it would, it would actually burrow into the sand and get stuck in the sand. It was, it was designed to do that and it would hold firm in the sand. There would be other anchors if we'd come across rocky or, uh, or stony type terrain um, on the seabed. It was like the Popeye anchor. Who knows the Popeye anchor, the, the down, the, the hooks? Anyone got a Popeye tattoo? Just shout out right there. Anyway, but uh, who wants a Popeye tattoo? No, anyway. But uh, there were these different types of anchors and, uh, and, and they were designed to, to get the best grab, to, to get the best uh, holding into the ground. You know, there, you know, Christ is designed in our life to get the best grab, to, be the, to get the best holding in our line. If we would just grab hold of Christ as the anchor, the hope, hope is the strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul. We've got to anchor ourselves in Christ Jesus. 
anything like there's going to be storms that come there's going to be there's going to be opinions that come there's going to be circumstances there's going to be hurt disappointments there's going to be victories there's going to be testimonies but what holds us is our is who we're connected to what we're connected to and being connected to the to, to Jesus I want to move on to Ephesians chapter 2 verses 19 through 21 this morning it says this so now you Gentiles, Gentiles is a word for everyone else apart from Jews, okay? So don't worry, it's not, it's not a weird word, it's just there you know what it is now. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. That's what we're talking So there's no separation from Jews or Gentiles, so everyone's in the same boat. Uh, you are members of God's family, together we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. This is awesome this morning. This, this is great. Here's, here's, I want to share a quick story with you. Anyone here competitive? There's a few people. I, I manage... I don't know how I do this, but I manage to make everything a competition. Whether it's a good thing or a bad, I, I feel like I've got most of it under control. I, I, can, I can release things. I don't have to win everything. But two years ago at the Young Adults Overnight Conference, we did not touch the flagpole. We won, all right? Just sharing that out there right now. I got the microphone, you don't, we won, right? I can get over things fast, all right? But just sharing that right now, it's right, hey, Esther, we, you did not touch that. Anyway. <laughs> but I've, one of the things that I do, I don't know why I do this. It's just fun. But I, I've travelled a little bit overseas, and one of the things I like doing is I just like getting to the baggage carousel first. It doesn't even matter if the bags aren't even out. I just like getting. And so on the plane, I've filled out my customs form. And, and I've got my passport ready, but because uh, I'm travelling in economy, which is not a bad, I'm not pushing for anything, I'm just happy with that. The, and the way that the plane is set up, you've got your first class and then you've got your business class and you've got your economy. And so I've, there's already a whole lot of people in front of me. I'm like, all right, I, I, mm-hmm, right. So I've got everything ready. I've got my passport open. I'm ready. And, and it's not, I don't sprint because that's just random, right? It just, just shows that you did not go to the bathroom on the plane. It's just, uh, but, but I get off the plane and I'm looking. I'm like, who's in front of me? And I'm looking at their nationality. I'm like, I'm, that, pers- that person will definitely have to go left. That person will have to go left. And then I see how many people are going to be able to go through the New Zealand and Australia e-passport line. The electronic passports have come in. If, if you haven't travelled, that's okay. But these, these passports now is you just put your passport into the little machine, you stand there, not allowed to smile, you just stand there, blank face, the thingy looks at you, the camera looks at your face and uh, it opens the gate and you are through, you are into New Zealand. And so I'm looking at all these people, I'm going to, yeah, I have to get, oh, that person. Hmm. So I just up my walk just a little bit. Just, I'm, I know if I work out the average steps, average pace and I know how I will get there before them. 
And uh, there's this eagerness. I, just, I have no idea why this happens. But it's just fun. It's fun. Anyway, it's fun for me. Maybe it's not fun for you. But, um, but if you're traveling with me, uh, I will beat you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but anyway, I, I get there and I get through this. And you're thinking, what, what, what is, why are you so eager about this? The thing is, when, when you know you're a citizen of a country... And you know you've got special access. You don't have to stand in line. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. See, see, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, 19, it says this. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with. See, I believe this morning we've got to understand that we are citizens of heaven. And, and maybe... And I know it's a it's a it's an illustration that on my life, but is there an urgency in life to go? You know what? When a circumstance comes along, man, I'm going straight through this e-passport line. I'm going straight in to New Zealand. I don't have to line up here with all these other turkeys. I'm just going to line. Sorry, I don't need to be offensive to any nationality that is not a New Zealander or Australian. But do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't, I, no, I have, I have, I'm a citizen of heaven. I've got the passport. I've got the thing. I've, I, I love it because I'm coming home. It's, it's great. But flying to Heathrow, London, it says this, you're walking along and it says, uh, EU and UK e-passports, this line, everyone else, this line. Do you know how many everyone else's are in the world trying to get into London Heathrow? And, and this, this queue is just miles long. And, and no one, it takes like two and a half hours to get through this queue. And, and I'm just standing there and I'm just looking, I'm, I'm staring them down. They go through these UK and EU passports. I'm like, this is just not. Here's the thing is we've got to learn, we've got to know what, what citizen we are. We are a citizen of heaven. If you've declared Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour, if you've acknowledged your need of Him in your life, you are a citizen of heaven. And it's not only about having entrance into heaven, it's about knowing the access that you have in heaven. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 that God's given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. To me, that's awesome. I mean, a few people travel with me and, and I'm blessed enough uh, to, to, to have access into the Coral Lounge. And uh, whenever someone's traveling with me, the, I invite them to come in and they go in and, then, and I go, just help yourself. Everything's free. Everything's free. Coffees, food, even beer and wine. Everything's free. And they're like, Really? And they're sort of like slowly walking around. I've, I watch this all the time. It's awesome. It's fun. And I'm like, they, they sort of go up and they're waiting for someone to say, you're stealing. But then, then you f- see a few people who have come with you a few times and they're like, yep, no, that's right. It is free. Just rock up there and whoo, suddenly their plate's full to brim and they got a coffee in here and a coffee there and a Coke or something. They've learned that their access grants them every spiritual blessing. It's not just, just, there's not no tentative, like, oh, really? You know, you're, not, you're not just a guest. 
You've got to understand you, you're getting into heaven. You have got access to heaven on your own credibility, on your own salvation, on, on who Jesus is in your life. Amen. And so we've got to understand that you're a citizen of heaven. We can go and work in New Zealand freely, but I can't just rock up to any other country and work without getting the right visas. There's restrictions on, on, my, on my passport. But when you're a citizen of heaven, there's no restrictions on your passport. There's no restrictions on your identity in Christ. Amen. Oh, right. um, so the first thing this morning is we've got to have heavenly thoughts. Heaven, heavenly thoughts. Set your sights on the things of heaven. I want to turn to Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Amen. So this is Peter's declaration of who Jesus is. You know, Jesus asks, asks the question, he says, who does man say that I am? And some say this, some say that. And Peter says this. Um, he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then this is Jesus' answer. He says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. It goes, and he says this from 19, it says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. If I had a set of keys to a 1976 fully reconditioned convertible Ford Mustang, beautiful leather interior, and I said, here are the keys. Does anyone want it? Who wants it? Right, yeah. Come and get it. Come and get Here's the keys. You can have it. It's, grab the keys. Go, go out. It's yours. You can go for a drive right now. There's a, there's a few people that go, all right, that's the guys. All right. Let's talk about the girls. If I had the keys to a, your favourite shoe shop, <laughs> and I've learned from the first seven, not 20 minutes, you need two hours. You've got two hours to go into your favourite shoe shop. You can try on and take for free as many shoes as you want. Here are the keys to it. Come and get it. It's yours. You know there would be cat fights in here right now. There would be people crawling over the seats, people gouging out eyes, and there'd be ah, there'd be fights. And all. maybe maybe we're all nice, mature Christians. That's okay. I know, but. We have been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And, and we're sort of like the Coral Lounge a little bit. Really? Everything's free? Um, all right, I'll just get my little plate and I'll put my little pretzel on it and my little shortbread. don't want to take too much because I don't want to seem greedy. I can get a drink or I can get a drink and you go sit down. I've seen it. The next time they come in, it's like... <laughs> because we've got to understand that we've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly. We've been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, when we know that and we acknowledge that, what does the key open? What could it open? What situation could that key open? It says the keys. I don't, haven't done lots of study into this, but it didn't say the key. It said the keys. I believe there's a key for every situation that you might go through. But we've got to choose, do we look at it from a heavenly point of view or do we look at it from an earthly point of view? And so there's heavenly thoughts. You know, Romans 12, verse 2 again, it says, Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
Maybe this morning we could say, God, change the way I think. I never really realised I'd been given the keys to, the, to heaven. I never really realised the access that I have to heaven. I believe God wants to release that in a lot of your hearts this morning, a lot of your spirits, uh, another level of confidence knowing you can walk into that situation because he's given you a key to it. He's given you a key to it. Um, number two, real quickly, heavenly view. Heavenly view. Luke chapter 15, verses 17 through 24. This is the um, story of the prodigal son. Jesus is telling parables and some of you may know this, but if you don't know it, just go back and read Luke chapter 15. But there's the circumstance that, is, that he's, there's two sons and, and one of the sons go to the father and says, hey, look, I'd like to do my own thing. I'd like to live my own life. I would, I'd like my inheritance. Can I go take it now? So the father says, yes. He divides his kingdom, divides his household. He gives half of it to his son. And the son rolls off. And it, it, the Bible says wild living or Obviously, living that is not of what, what God, what the Father has. But it's, it comes to a point where everything's gone. He's got nothing left. There's nowhere else to go. He's, he's, he's actually, the story actually says that he's, he's, he's eating with the pigs. Which I don't know if you've ever done that, but I probably say it's not that nice. But then it says this. It says in verse 17, When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. Just that, That's all we've got time for that scripture. But here's, here's the thing is, when we acknowledge Jesus, that we need Jesus in our life, it's the moment that we've come to our senses. It's that revelatory time where we go, look, you know what? I know I've stuffed up. I've tried to live my own life. I need Jesus. It's very much the same to hear. The prodigal son goes, I know I've marked up, but I know that if I uh, return to my father, acknowledge him, the problem I have with this, the problem is, is the son's mindset. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the, the parable. I believe in it. I, I know it's all about the love of the father. But the son's mindset, we can often have. I want to explain it just a little bit further. He says, um, I will go home and, uh, to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. When you're a citizen of a country that you know you're a citizen of the country, you don't go in as a slave. The prodigal son here, or the, the lost son here, his mindset was, I don't want to be, I'm, I'm not coming to, he, he came to his senses and said, I need Jesus. But he was saying, I'm a slave but that's not the thing, as we go on in the story in a minute, it's not the mindset that the Father says to him. Go, let's rock it, roll it through, please. And so he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. Do you, can I just say this morning, Jesus loves you. doesn't matter what you've messed up. Come and sit down with me. I, I, I'll, I, can, I can match that and probably raise you one. 
I've got many things I've messed up in life, still messing up in life, still crying out for the love and repentance and, and asking Jesus to help me. But here's the thing. He loves you. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to her, the father, I have sinned against both heaven and you and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring a finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for the son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but he was, is now found. So the party began because this is how we party. You're not a slave, you're a son. You're not a slave, you're a citizen. You're not illegitimate, you're allowed and you're a part of the kingdom of heaven. You're, you're, you're allowed in the country. But a lot of the times we just we have that mindset of, of, of the son going, just take me back as a slave. That's the wrong mindset. When the father came, he says, no, I'm going to prove to you. I'm going to put a ring on your finger. I'm going to put a robe on you. I'm going to put sandals on your feet. That was acknowledging that he is part of the family. Putting a ring on your finger, that was acknowledging the authority that he carried as part of the family. This morning, I want to encourage you. We've got to have heaven's view. You're a citizen of God. You're a son and a daughter of the living King. We've got to have a heavenly view. All right. We're going to finish with this. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 to 12. This is Paul talking, preaching, teaching. Uh, Galatians 1. It says, I am shocked that you, have, you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to Himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven, who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again that we have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news, it's the gospel of Jesus, then the one you welcome, let them, let that person be cursed. See, in, a, in Ephesians chapter 2, did I read Ephesians out earlier? Yeah. It's two services, it's says Christ is the cornerstone. We talked about anchors, but in Ephesians chapter 2, and I'll come back to this in a minute, everything is built around the cornerstone of Christ. Uh, I'm a builder by trade, I'm qualified. Building's changed a lot in the last 10, 15 years in New Zealand. Not, I'd have to go and relearn some of the new techniques. But when it comes to building, everything's set off something. And we have, we have things called profiles and string lines and we set them up. 
and everything refers back to them. Building in in, in the days of, of Jesus is they, they built with things called a cornerstone. What they'd do is they'd have this plot of land that was was bare and they'd have the first stone and they would put the stone down and it's called the cornerstone. And this corner, the stone was carefully put down because everything else refers back to it. This one stone, and if you'd go 20 feet that way, they'd measure 20 feet that way. If you'd go 40 feet that way, it'd go 40. And everything came back to it. And so this, this Scripture that Paul's talking about in Galatians, he's really lifting up and edifying and stirring about the, the cornerstone of Christ Jesus. The theology, that, or the Christology, it's a big word, it's the, it's, the, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news. Everything refers back to this cornerstone. And it's the cornerstone that everything else comes off of. But in this scripture that Paul's talking about, is who he's saying, who has told you a different gospel? It says it's the pretending is pretending to be the good news, but it's not. And so Something has moved this cornerstone. So no longer are we referring everything back to the cornerstone. Uh, the cornerstone in our life has shifted. Jesus has moved down here and, and something else has become the cornerstone. And a lot of the times this cornerstone is shaped by our disappointment. It's shaped by our hurt. It's shaped by our failure. It's shaped by our experience. It's shaped by our humanity. And this is where we have to understand and be very careful is that we have a lot of stones between what, what the reality of Christ versus the reality of experience. This morning, I want to say we've got to, we've got to make sure the cornerstone is Christ Jesus. The cornerstone is Christ Jesus. We say things like, God's teaching you something while you're waiting for your healing. I, I, I can't accept that. Nowhere in the Bible have I ever seen Jesus say, you need to wait. I need to teach you a few things. Why do we say stuff like that? Because we're nice. Because we're human. Because we don't want that person to feel bad. And these are all the things of, that, of, of mankind and our humanity. They really are not bad things because you love that person and you don't want that person to be even more hurt or disappointed. But the reality is, is you're putting a false doctrine in there. Nowhere. I can't see it. Nowhere does it say that Jesus says they're teaching you something. Every single time I read in the Bible that, that Jesus is the cornerstone, everywhere He went, He healed every illness and sickness and disease. What do I have to change? What do I have to new? What do I need God to help me renew? My mind. Do you know one of the best answers that we could ever give? I don't know. Just being com comfortable and I don't know, rather than making up some false thing that doesn't well, it shifts Jesus from the cornerstone of our life we've got to have a heavenly viewpoint 
the heavenly realm, trusting in God, going back to Him in every situation. I'm praying this morning. There's people in our, in our church that, are, that, that need healing. There's, there's people that we're believing for breakthrough and for one area or another. But I refuse to put my feelings in the place of Christ, the cornerstone. We've got to go back to the Word of God. We've got to say, this is what the Word of God says. This is what Jesus says. This is what He, he, told, he tells. Matthew chapter 4, he, he says to the disciples, go out. He says, by the way, heal every illness and disease. And then and he says in Matthew 11, 11, he says, greater works, that, uh, uh, great works I've done, but you'll do even greater works. You've been given the keys to heaven. Is there something that can say, I need to renew my mind. I need to go back to the cornerstone of Christ. I need to uh, allow myself to digest and search and, and petition and to pray and to read. And faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. See, a lot of the times we just go, oh, well, that's it for me. And we shift the cornerstone out and we put this something in, whatever that is. We accept that. That's not what the Bible says. God said He's come to give you life and life in its fullness. I pray that you're believing that you live in life in its fullness. And if there's something that you've got to fight for, something that you've got to believe for, then get the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And you start reading these stories and you start, start digesting it and you start praying for it. And you start believing for your breakthrough. Start believing from a heavenly thoughts to heavenly view. The last point was Jesus' view, His view. What does Jesus have to say about that condition? What does Jesus have to say about your breakthrough? What does Jesus have to say about that, that area of help? I pray this morning that we let God renew our mind. Why don't we jump to our feet? I'm finished. Thank you for letting us go a bit over time.
but I'm going to put you as the cornerstone, as the foundation. I'm going to put the Word of God as the cornerstone and the foundation. And I'm going to press into it and press into it and press into it and press into it and press into it until I get my, my breakthrough. Until I get my breakthrough. Father, I pray for every person in this room right now. Maybe there's areas that even now you can say, Lord, I need help. I need you to renew my mind. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would minister and release you just answers. Here's the thing. I believe a lot of your answers are in this this word. And I want to encourage you to get into this word. Read this word. He wants to talk to you. He wants to minister to you. Every single week, we're going to have a testimony on the stage. Why? Because we've got to amplify the sound of heaven. And my prayer is, as we go where God has taken us to go, when someone gets up on the stage and they talk about how they had a a sore leg and it was being painful for a long time, but when someone prayed for it, situation, God healed it. It's not going to be just like, and this is not to throw contamination out there. It's not going to be like 10 or 12 people clapping and going, awesome, praise the Lord. There's going to be a whole lot of all of us going, thank you, Jesus. We praise your mighty name. Because why? Because we're excited and we have an expectation for the for the things of heaven to be on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever we bound in heaven is bound on earth. Whatever we loose in heaven is loosed on earth. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.